day forward. Actually, we'll get to that next month, okay? We have a relationship series that we're going to go into next month, and it's going to dovetail with um, our, our marriage retreat, and so just keep that in mind. But uh, this one, uh, this one's a little bit different. From this day forward, has it's got a little bit different take. And uh, this area, people uh, move in and move out all the time. Uh, I've asked you this question before. Uh, how many of you guys have moved into this area? You're not from here. You're not native. Raise your hand. Yeah, look around. That's most of us. Are, we, we are not from here. We are not native to Richmond Hill. And so uh, we've moved in. And so um, moving is difficult. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, everything is changing. Uh, things, uh, houses change. Places change. People change. Geography changes. Um, climate changes, come on somebody, climate changes, uh, insects change, come on, can I get an amen, you might have moved from a place that didn't have any insects to the place that has all the insects, we got all, every one of them, and we're making up some new ones as we go, everything changes, uh, and it can seem unfamiliar, um, it can seem unstable, uh, and sometimes it can even seem unwelcoming, right, and so uh, where, whether you moved here a long time ago or that you've just moved here welcome we're glad that you're here hopefully we can, we can be the welcoming part of you moving here but um it can be difficult and uh things can can um can change and we're not always ready for that see that's what this series is about this series is about moving into the places where god wants us to be and that's what this is about. When we're talking about from this day forward, we're talking about moving into the places where God wants us to be from now to the point on. No matter what's happened in the past, no matter where you've come from, no matter what's happened in your past, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you from this day forward, we want to go to the place that God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. And so that's where we're going this morning is to Genesis chapter 12 um, because we want to pick up in the story of Abraham. And Abraham is a guy that knows about moving. He knows uh, about changing places and changing spaces. He knows about having to pick up from one place and go from the place where he's always been to a new place that he's not really known and it's a place that's unfamiliar to him. And so that's where I want us to go right now. Let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. And the word of the Lord says this. It says, And now the Lord said to Abram, this is before his name was changed to Abraham, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name uh, great so that you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, right? Sounds pretty good. If God's telling you this, that he's going to make your name great, he's going to bless you, this sounds like a pretty good thing to do. But what we have to understand is this, is that moving, especially in this day, uh, where he didn't have GPS, he didn't have a lot of the uh, amenities, he didn't have U-Haul, right? He didn't have somebody to come load up his, all his stuff and pack it up and move him across the country. He had to do all this on his own, and he didn't really know where he was going. Now, how many of you have ever moved and you didn't know where you were going? Okay, only one person, right? And we'll talk about that later, okay? 
Most of us, when we move, we have an idea we're going here, right? Even if you don't exactly know what house you're going to live in or what neighborhood you're going to be in, you probably know I'm going to be in X city, and this is where we're moving. Abraham didn't have that luxury. That's not what God said. God said this. He says, go from your father's house. And the word there that is used is the Hebrew word halak. And it basically just means to walk. And, and, and the way it's worded, it's worded this way. It's worded to walk to yourself. Right? And it's, that's kind of a weird way of saying it. Why is it, why is it saying it like that? Walk to yourself. And basically it's saying, hey, you, Abraham, need to pick up and leave from where you've been. You yourself. Right? Not, not your family, not, not, not your father, right? We're not talking about your dad and all your brothers and sisters and, and all these guys. We're not talking about bringing all your buddies with you, right? We're talking about you yourself, Abraham, you, your immediate family. That's, that's who I'm calling. That's who I'm calling to go with you. And so when we start looking at this, he says, I want you to go. And he doesn't really tell him. He just says, I want you to go, and I'm going to show you the place. Now, I don't know if any of you guys would have that much faith to just pack up the U-Haul, get in it, and start driving and just say, God's going to show me where I'm headed, okay? Anybody signing up for that kind of faith today, right? Okay, all right, two people. Crazy folks over here, right? Like crazy faith, crazy faith, right? It's okay, but most of us would not do that. Most of us were like, I need a little more information, God. I need, actually, I need a lot more information. I need to know where I'm heading. I need to know kind of what this looks like. I need to know how to pack. Do I need to pack swimming trucks or do I need to pack, you know, like for a parka and, and puffy, jest, puffy vest, right? You know, and, and so we want to know at least how to pack, but God didn't tell him that. He didn't tell him. He says, I want you to pack up. I want you to leave you yourself, go from your father's house, and I'll show you a place to go. Well, that's great, God. And so um, he does. He does this. He does pack up. And actually, what we find out is this is actually the second time that God has told Abram to do this. This is actually Abram's second call, okay? Because Abram is, he's like halfway obedient. Anybody ever been halfway obedient with God? God asks you to do something, you're like, Okay, all right, God, I'm, I'll do it, you know, but you really only kind of do it halfway, right? I only do the half that I'm comfortable with. I only do the part that really makes me feel good, and it's kind of convenient. I'll do that part, God, but when it becomes inconvenient or when it gets uncomfortable, we say, uh, I don't know about that, but God, give me credit. Can I get partial credit? Anybody looking for partial credit from God? You kind of, you know, make those deals with your teacher. Can I get partial credit? God does not give partial credit, right? God wants full obedience, and, and so this is actually the second time that, and we know this because when we go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 2, and I'll just read it off the screen, Acts chapter 7, verse 2, this is what we find. And Stephen said, Stephen was a guy who was stoned for his great faith, uh, not stoned as in uh, he was high, stoned as in they picked up big rocks and threw them at him till he stopped breathing. Uh, and Stephen said, brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. So where, is, where are we at here in chapter 12, verse 1? He's actually in Haran, right? And so we already see here, it says that before he lived in Haran, God spoke to him and said this. And he said to him, go out from your land, from your kindred, and go into the land that I will show you. 
So he's in Haran. He's already gotten the uh, instruction to leave from his father's house where he was at. So where was he at? Well, let's back up just a few lines. If we go back to Genesis chapter 11, which is just a paragraph, if your Bible's like mine, if you look at the paragraph uh, right above chapter 12, that's where we're about to read. In Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse 31, and it says, Terah, who is Terah? Terah is Abraham's father, okay? Terah took Abram his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, and his son, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur. All right, where is Ur? Ur is a place in Babylon, is a place uh, that is uh, almost at the end. I think I gave, did I put a map on there? I think I put a map on there. Uh, did I give you that map? Yay, there we go. Look at that. You got maps. All right, so Ur is down here, and that's where they started. That's where he first got his call, right? That's where he's hearing God call to him and says, listen, I want you to leave from your father's house. I want you to, to go on. And what does Abram do? He does this. He does this, and he goes from Ur all the way up to Haran. And that's where we picked up in verse 12. But you know who he took with him? He took his father. He took everybody. Terah took Abram, his son. Actually, Terah took his son, Abram, right? That's what uh, chapter 11 tells us is that Terah, his father, went with him. And that was not the instruction that God had given him. He had given him the instruction, and he reiterates this. He says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house. His father Terah, and, and it's said that his father Terah was um, a maker of idols. And that was his job. That when, when they lived in Ur, well, that, wherever that, there it is, Ur, uh, when they lived there, that's what his, his job was. And that he uh, served all these, these, these pagan idols. And so his father Terah would make these idols, and that was his business. Uh, there is uh, Midrash stories that talk about how Abraham uh, would break these idols, and he was, he was really against his father being an idol maker. But, but this was what his father did. This is the, the tradition. And so he, him and his father and his family, they move up to Haran, and they get that far, and God speaks to him again and says, Hey, leave your father's house. You, you've come this far. I want you to be fully obedient because you've only gone halfway. See, sometimes we're like that. Uh, sometimes we, we keep carrying stuff with us. See, what you allow in your life will likely depend on who you allow in your life. And I'm going to say that again. What you allow in your life will likely depend on who you allow in your life. See, there was a culture that he was living in in Ur. There was a culture that was being cultivated around him, and his father was perpetuating that culture. And, and God says, listen, there's a new culture that I want to grow in you. There's something else I want to do in your heart. There's something else I want to do in your life. But you can't do that by living in this culture. You can't do that by being surrounded by your father's stuff. And so I'm calling you out of Ur. I'm calling you out of your father's house. I want you to leave all that. I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And so he kind of does this. He, kinda, he leaves Ur. He leaves that culture, but he does not leave his father's house. And so he, he kind of is halfway obedient. And it's almost like he's looking back. 
He's looking back. And, and we kind of stand at the crossroads right now of 2023 and 2024. We've just come through 2023, and we've, we've not really had a whole, whole lot of days in 2024. So it's kind of like this crossroads that, that we're in. And, see, we can look back into 2023 and see things, but we can't live there. See, the thing about looking back is this. When you look back, we look back to learn. It's okay to look back, but why are you looking back? You gotta, we look back to learn. We don't look back to lead. You look forward to lead. And that's what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to look forward. God wanted him to move forward. So, really, Abraham, from this day forward, I want your life to look different. But Abraham's still kind of dragging his past along behind him. He's still trying to drag everything from Ur along with him. He's, he's trying to have his cake and eat it, too, in a sense. And God's just like, hey, Abram, I've already told you once, buddy. You, you got to make the decision. You got to make the decision to cut that off. So, so Haran appears to be the second time that God calls him. See, this is the thing. God's plan isn't limited by your abilities. It's only limited by your obedience. See, we think that, God, I don't have this and I don't have that, and so I need this. And sometimes that's why we hang on to stuff. Because we think, you know what, I'm, I'm not good enough, and I'm not smart enough, and I'm not capable enough, and I, I don't have all the resources, God, and I don't. And we have this entire list of excuses of what we don't have and who we don't have and why we're not, and we give that to God. And that's not why God calls us in the first place, right? He's not calling us because we're just amazing, right? Actually, all of us were broken people. Yes, we're all broken people. Even on your best day, you're a broken person. Even on your best day, you have limitations. Even on your best day, you're still pretty bad in a lot of senses, right? Even if nobody sees it. And, and that, that's just being honest. Now, that's, that's for me, too. Uh, see, God's plan, though, isn't limited by our abilities. It's only limited by our obedience. And God wants to do something in your life, and he's calling you out. He's saying, hey, I want you to move out from that place, and I want you to trust me. And, and, and you're saying, well, God, I, I want to trust you, but mm, you know what? I don't have this, and God's not worried about what you don't have. His word tells me this, that he can supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, not according to my schooling, not according to my education, not according to my pedigree, not according to the bank account that my daddy had and my granddaddy had that they passed along to me, not according to any of that, according to his riches and glory. So he can supply all my needs. What he wants from me, what he doesn't have, is my obedience. And at this point, Abram is kind of, I'm trying to be kind of obedient, kind of. God doesn't want kind of obedient. He wants our full obedience. He wants us to walk in this way. There was a pastor in Orlando, Rakab Gray. I saw him last year at a conference, and uh, the dude just, he preached a message that just kind of, wore me out and, and pastor trent may remember this we were on the same trip together but he said this he says change in identity should lead to a change in activity a change in identity a change in if god's calling me from being one thing to being something else and my activity and my obedience has to look different than what it was before I can't live the same life. I cannot be the same person. If God's saying, I want you to stop living here and being this person, I want to move you over here so that you can become something new, so that you can become what I intend for you to become, that means if my identity is going to change, my activity has to change too. 
And man, that hit me, and I thought, God, that's so true. That is so true. That if, if I'm going to change, if I'm going to become who God wants me to be, and if I'm going to listen to that, and I'm going to be open to God's will in my life, I've got to be open to that change in my life as well. So what keeps us from change? What keeps us from a better future, right? Uh, our past can act like an anchor that is dragging us down. The past gets its power, though, from two places. The past gets its power from two places. When we're, when we're chained to our past, there are things that we get changed to. And the thing is, we get chained to shame, and we get chained to regret. And we just sing about that. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Goodbye, fear. Goodbye, pain. Goodbye, shame. There's a new horizon. But see, our past is empowered from shame and regret. And this is what shame does. With shame, we're tempted to take the blame for everything. With, with shame, when we, when we feel shame, we're just like, ah, everything's my fault. We go overboard. We take everything on ourselves. We, we, we start thinking, you know, it's, everything's just my fault. And, and not everything's your fault. Not, not everything is the reason it is because of you, right? And so that's what shame does. Shame wants to push us down so far that we take all that on ourselves. So with shame, we're tempted to take the blame for everything. How regret is different is this. Regret, with regret, we're tempted to shift the blame for everything. See, with shame, we take all the blame. With regret, we kind of shift all the blame. And the problem, there's a problem with both of those. There's a problem with both of those. With both of those, what we have to do is this. We have to own what's ours, right? I, I have to own what is, is mine. If, it's, if, if, if I did something, I've got to own that. If, 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 if I didn't do it, that's not mine to own. Own what's yours and only yours. What I'd say is, is this. Yes, that happened. I won't pretend it didn't, but I also won't keep empowering it. Yes, that happened. I can't pretend, I can't live in the false reality that my past did not happen. Yep, you know what? I look back to learn, but I'm looking forward to lead. I'm looking forward to lead into a new life, into a better future, into what God is calling me. I only look back to learn. I only look back to say, yep, that happened. And I don't stand here to empower that anymore. I don't stand here to empower my past anymore. God has called me to something else. Just like Abraham, he's called him to something else. And he's calling us to full obedience, not halfway obedience. Not half-hearted obedience. See, Haran, uh, when he goes to Haran, can you put that, that map back up there? When he goes to Haran, he goes up to Haran. And the word Haran in Hebrew, it, is, uh, it means mountain ear. Mountain, mountaineer, um, not, not mountain ear, right? Mountaineer, that sounded weird. Uh, a har in Hebrew, H-A-R, har is the Hebrew word for mountain. So heron is, or heron is, the, uh, is, the, is the idea of a mountaineer. And so uh, he gets to this place, and God calls him again. And it's almost like God calls him to the mountain of choice, right? And I think about that. I think about there have been times where I've had just a mountain of choices to make. Anybody you ever been there? I've got all these choices to make. I've got all these decisions to make. God, what's the right decision? What's the wrong? What's the godly decision? What's, what's the selfish decision? What's, what are these things? And, and he brings Abram to this place, and he's the mountain of choices. 
you got to make a choice. Are you going to be half-hearted? Because if you're going to be half-hearted, you won't get any of the promise. You know, if you're half-hearted, I, 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 I can't work with that. You limit what I can do. And I am the unlimited God. I'm not limited by what you have and don't have. I have everything that you need. What I don't have is your obedience. And what is that? What does that look like in your life? Does he have your obedience? Does God have your obedience today? When he brings you to the mountain of choice where you have to decide, am I going to live here? Because that's what it says in the word. It says, and they settled there in Herod. If you go back and read, in, in, uh, I think it was in verse 31, 32 of uh, Genesis chapter 11, he says, and he went there with his father, and they settled there. See, that's what we do. We settle for half-hearted uh, compliance. And we wonder, God, why, why am I not growing spiritually? God, why, why have I not seen you? Why can't I break free of some of these things? Because we haven't obeyed. We've tried to live it on our, on our terms. We've tried to follow God on our terms and not on his terms. And he's like, I want to lead you to a promise. But man, you've got to make a choice. So how do we really find God's will? God's will, and this is I kind of wrote this down. I said God's will is sometimes less like a road map. You know, when we get when we're getting on a journey, it's less like a road map, and it's more like Marco Polo. All right, anybody remember Marco Polo? <laughs> you got your eyes closed in the pool, Marco, Marco. Right, and so and sometimes following God is like that. Right, we're like God, I don't see you, I don't have a road map. I'm not exactly sure where this is leading me. And what we're doing is we're listening for God's voice. And, and so when we hear, we're like, oh, I'm going to move in that direction. Right? That, that's kind of how I see it. Maybe that's, that's a bad way. Maybe that's, that's not a good analogy. But for me, sometimes that's kind of how I felt, at least, whether that's the way it is or not. I felt like it's Marco Polo and that I really have to listen for God's voice. And I feel like that's what it is here with Abram, that God's calling him out. I don't know exactly where I'm going, God. Yeah, I know. I know you don't, but I know where you're going. I know where you're going when you're obedient, and I know where you're going when you're disobedient. There's, a, there's two paths. So if you'll be obedient and attentive to my voice, and when you call out, I'll answer. When you call out to me, I'll answer. And if you'll follow my voice, if you'll be obedient and come to me, I'll lead you to that promise. Even though you don't know exactly how to get there, I know where it's at. I'm going to ask somebody to come play. I was reading something last night, and uh, I just wrote this, wrote it down. I, I, I can't remember who, who it was that said this, but this is not original to me. Um, it says, God's will is that we put aside both passivity and perfectionism. See, passivity is, is that we're kind of just, all right, God, whatever, you know. You know, we're just kind of let things happen to us, right? And we're, we're not really active. Perfectionism, perfectionism is we're too active. We're trying to dictate to God what we want. And, and this guy said, he says, God's will is that we put aside both passivity and perfectionism. Where it comes to decision-making, seek guidance in his word supplemented by the wisdom and wise Christians around us. And then, when all is said and done, trust Him. Trust Him. The last thing I wrote down, I want you to stand with me. The last thing I wrote down is this. Obedience naturally eliminates regret. 
if you want to deal with regret in your life, if you don't want to live in regret, then invite God to speak to you and be obedient when God speaks to you. Because obedience naturally eliminates regret. When I'm obedient to God's voice, when I'm obedient to God's leading, I have nothing to be regretful of. Wherever I've gone, wherever I've been, whatever has happened, you know what? It's all right because, God, you've led me here. Good, bad, and ugly, I am going to trust you. I am going to believe you because, you know what? We sang that song a little earlier. He has good plans. He has good plans. I love that song, man. When I heard that song a, a few months ago, I was listening to it, and I just, I just played it over and over and over. And I told Rain, I said, y'all going to do this song. I said, I don't usually tell y'all what songs to do. I said, y'all going to do this song. And so the reason we did it in sport is because I told them to do the song, okay? You get mad at me if you don't like the song, right? But I love it. I love the whole message. He has good plans for me. Whether it's deserts or gardens. Because I may have to walk through the desert. I may have to walk through dry and barren places, though. But I believe that God is bringing me to a promise. I believe that God is bringing me to a paradise. I believe that God is bringing me to that garden. I believe that God has good plans for me. So if you believe that and you want to see that, it's going to hinge on your obedience. So who this morning would just say, I want to be obedient to What does that look like for you? What is that, what is that voice that God is calling out? He said, hey, I want you to do this fill in the blank what is the fill in the blank here's taylor's fill in the blanks right what is the fill in the blank for you that god is calling on your life maybe he's not calling you to move maybe not a physical move but maybe there's you know what maybe there's a cultural shift that you need to make in your life maybe there are some influences that are surrounding you it's crippling your growth spiritually Maybe there's habits and choices that you continue to let just control your life and consume your thoughts. Maybe those are the things that God's saying, I want you to move out from this. You've got to move out from this because it's killing you. And you're never going to have the promise that I want for you if you don't. So heads bowed this morning. exactly what is, is ahead of us. Whether it's deserts or gardens, we don't know. But God, what I do know is this. I do know that you are a good God. I do know that you are my Father who has good things for me. And I know that I can trust you. And so I know what your call is to me is to be obedient to your voice and be obedient to your leading that I can't be passive and, I, and I, I can't have perfectionism running and ruining my life. And so, Lord, I'm praying, Father, that as I'm attentive, I'm also pliable. As I'm ready to act, I'm also flexible in how you want me to step because I'm being led by your Holy Spirit. So that's what I pray right now is that as we open up right now to your will, lead us. Speak to us.
call us out. And when you say go, we'll go. Where you say go, we'll go. And who you say go with, that's who we're going to go with. So Lord, we give you this. We give you the plans. We give you the future that whatever 2024 is going to be, whether it's beautiful or whether it's ugly, God, we're going to trust you with it. We put our family in your hands. We put our future in your hands. We put our career in your hands. We put our businesses in your hands, our finances. God, if we're going to have anything at all, it's because you give it to us. So, Lord, we're going to trust you with it. Lord, we're going to trust you with our health. We're going to trust you, Lord, with every heartbreat, every breath that we take. As Satan tries to make us fear, test and results. Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to believe your report. You hold us together. You're the God that knit us together in our mother's womb. And Lord, you won't let us fall apart. So Lord, we trust you. Lord, we trust you. Wherever you lead us, God, we want to hear your voice. Lord, speak to us now, I pray. God, speak to us now, I pray. Let all the other, all the other noise around us, all the other noise around us just quiet. We could hear your voice. Holy Spirit, speak right now. Speak right now to your people, your children. 